Jimmy, 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 Jimmy. Cobras. The news alarms are going off all over the building. They can't beat news alarms, Ian, because there being news alarms would mean it's a new year. And quite clearly, I can't see my shadow. So I'm or can I see my shadow? I can't remember. Either way, I'm back to bed. I, I mean, last time I checked, you were not a groundhog. Just because I haven't shaved for a couple of weeks, the differences are hard to distinguish. I see, I see. But the alarms are going off all over the... But look, uh, look. Oh, you, you. Silence the alarms, please. Yeah, thanks. Thanks. Okay, so the interns are taking care of that, but we need to get up and, like, you know, get back into the studio and, and do the thing again, you know, tell people about the news. You know, all that jazz. Right, and, and, and also do... Um, long-winded hackneyed intros for news-based tabletop podcasts well yeah that's that's a given i would assume at this stage right then here we go i'm jamie adams i'm e mccallister and i can still taste christmas cake and this is brainwaves episode 89 bringing you the best in tabletop gaming news these are the headlines for the week of the 10th of january 2022 as embraces the future Hasbro magics up a precedent and turn to page 96 to get knighted. All this and more on this episode of Brainwave. We're kicking off 2022 with perhaps the biggest news story of the last couple of years. Asmodee, the juggernaut that stands astride the hobby like a colossus, has changed hands once more. Now, we initially covered the story back in episode 83 and mentioned the initial asking price for Asmodee was $2 billion. Now, Embracer Group AB, which also owns several companies, including Dark Horse Media and the computer game company THQ Nordic, has bought Asmodee for 2.75 billion euros, or 3.11 billion dollars. Now, whereas the previous owners of Asmodee, PAI Partners, was pretty much just using Asmodee for investment for the sake of investment. Embracer Group has a reputation for growing the companies it buys and lets them operate fully independently and have full creative freedom. Asmodee CEO Stefan Carville is staying in his current role throughout the process. There is some speculation that Embracer will bring some of the intellectual properties it owns to Asmodee's companies. So potentially get ready for a lot more intellectual property based board games hitting the market. But we are not done with Asmodee quite yet. As part of the acquisition information that was put out, it was revealed that Asmodee had acquired Miniatures Market at some point during 2021. Miniature Market is one of the largest hobby game retailers in the United States, and the news came as a surprise to many. What's that in the sky? Is it a bird? Is it a plane? No, it's more news about Asmodee. We've reported a couple of times on the Asmodee price hikes, and it seems another one is coming. Now, the list of publishers affected is pretty extensive. Asmodee claims this is due to the increase in raw material costs over the last year, and is the second time Asmodee has raised prices of some of their catalogue in six months. Now, let's try and unpack some of that. Let's go back to the first story. Now, Asmodee's acquisition is an interesting company that's uh, taking control of it. What will this mean for the average game person? I, I, I don't know. Um, it is not much initially. Yeah. Maybe I don't, I don't know much, yeah. As we said, maybe some more IP-themed games. But it is good to see that um, Embracer has a track record of allowing you know, the companies it owns creative freedom. The cynic in me says we'll see how that turns out in the long run, as most of Embracer's acquisitions took place in 2021. 
Yeah, it's it's interesting to see such a company taking over Asmodee. They definitely have, a rep- as Jimmy says, they have a reputation for letting the companies they own some creative freedom. So maybe we'll see a little bit more boldness from Asmodee in the designs it goes for and the companies it acquires because there's definitely going to be some more acquisitions of smaller companies. I think that's almost inevitable. Hard to tell what's going to happen over the course of the year. I mean, initially we'll not see many changes, but I think that there'll be a bit of trickle down of that over the next sort of two couple of years, two, three years at least, and we'll start to see some of the IPs that Bracer owns become board games. Uh, moving on from Day over to Wizards of the Coast. Wizards of the Coast President Chris Cox is now going to be the CEO of parent company Hasbro. He will take up the position on the 25th of February, and he replaces Rich Stoddart, who is the interim CEO after Brian Goldner passed away in October last year. Hasbro board chair Tracy Leinenbach said, Chris's extensive omni-channel experience and proven track record make him the ideal leader for Hasbro as it continues to become the world's leading play and entertainment company. A new president of Wizards of the Coast will be announced in the coming weeks. Congratulations, I guess. <laughs> it's good that they've got a full-time CEO now. The fact they come from Wizards of the Coast is, you know, it's helpful for us. Wizards of the Coast make up some kind of horrendous amount of Hasbro's take now. Something like 50-60% of Hasbro's take now is pretty much Wizards of the Coast, so you can see why they went for uh, someone who's involved with that part of the company. It'd be interesting to see if there's any uh, decisions made by Wizards of the Coast that maybe have an effect on Hasbro as a whole. Indeed. Now, Ian Livingston, founder of Games Workshop, one of the minds behind Tomb Raider, and possibly most famously, the fighting fantasy series of Choose Your Own Adventure books, has been knighted in this year's New Year's honours list. Twice a year, the Queen awards various titles and honours to predominantly British or Commonwealth citizens, some of whom might deserve some recognition, some of whom are a bit more controversial. Some might say they don't. We at Brainwaves think Ian Livingston is definitely in the former of those categories and not the latter, as Ian wrote here, as he is now Sir Ian Livingston as he receives a Knight's Bachelor for services to online gaming. Now, when UK Games Expo asked Sir Ian about the honour, he said, I'm delighted and very proud to be an awarded a knighthood. It is fantastic recognition for the games industry and the brilliant people who are part of it. I've enjoyed every minute of my 47 years in the industry since co-founding Games Workshop in 1975. And long may it continue. I, I generally forget the Games Workshop's been going since 1975. And it was initially a couple of guys like doing Dungeons and Dragons orders out of like a, 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 an attic or something. Pretty much. There's a book that's trying to be funded about the history of Games Workshop. Oh, cool. Called the Dice Men. Oh, nice. Yeah, fantastic. Congratulations to Ian Livingston, and obviously Ian's are the best. I I may have sounded a bit silly when I went Sir Ian, because whenever I hear Sir Ian, most of the time my mind immediately goes to McKellen. And and I got that bit from Extras. I mean, I I hate Ricky Gervais, but I think some of the other performances on Extras are amazing. And Ian McKellen's bit where he goes, Sir Ian, Sir Ian, Sir Ian, Sir Ian, action wizard, you shall not pass. Sir Ian, Sir Ian, Sir Ian, Sir Ian. It's a, obviously he does it a lot better because I am no Ian McKellen. Not even an Ian. Not even an Ian. Just the worst. <laughs> and 
and it wouldn't be a new brainwave without an update on some of our previous stories. And this one is an absolute scorcher. Uh, we've reported many times on the behaviour of Zach S, or Zach Smith as he's known, his, his abusive behaviour, the lawsuit he has engaged with against his ex-wife, and his attempts to sue Gen Con. If those weren't enough to convince you he is a badon, then I hope the recent update to a Kickstarter he was involved with will. Demon City is an RPG product funded on Kickstarter on August 15th, 2018. It raised $74,813. The RPG was written by Zach Smith and was being put out by DIY RPG Productions, which is run by Mike Evans. The game is still to reach backers, and recently there have been some accusations in the comments of the Kickstarter that the project is vaporware and it will never see the light of day. Zach responded angrily to these comments, saying that he was happy to show proofs of the work in progress, but only if you were to sign up to the following affidavit. We are getting this from a Facebook group, and I'll read the relevant part in full. They then must publicly apologise and admit they were wrong, publish that here and in any other venue of our choosing, and republish that any time anyone else makes the same or a similar slash related claim, they must challenge that liar directly, by name, and explain they've seen whatever it is that proves it wrong, any time it comes up, anywhere online, until such time as they are no longer physically able. They can't erase or otherwise sunset those comments, and it must be using the same name and account, and can't be the one that they stop using, etc. Now, I know that didn't sound great, but that's how it's written in the affidavit. To sum that up, he is basically angry with you for calling him out and demands that you defend him from any and all detractors until you are physically incapable of doing so. Mike Evans, who leads DIY RPG Productions, has had to post an update to backers recommending they sign no legal document in order to see the proofs. From that update... I want to make it clear that I do not recommend anyone sign any affidavit or contract without first consulting legal representation to understand the full scope of what is written and any ramifications. Zach's request is not part of DIY RPG Productions or bringing Demon City to completion, nor is it required in any way, shape or form to receive your copy of the book once it is released. I ain't got nothing to say about that. I think it speaks for itself. Yeah, I mean, the general consensus I've seen from a few sort of lawyery folks commenting on it is that it would be extraordinarily difficult to make that stick, even if you did sign up to it. But yeah, this is just, yeah, as Jimmy says, that really does speak for itself. Let's move on to some other, one of our favorites. Yeah, we covered a lot of Pokemon card news over the last year, and we thought we were done with it. But of course, like Pokemon, it keeps going. Logan Paul, one of the influencers behind the meteoric rise in Pokemon card prices, has recently paid $3.5 million for a box of first edition base boosters that have not been opened, are still in the original outer cardboard packaging. This is almost hermetically sealed. Yeah, like the grey board packaging, you get things delivered to a shop in, not the actual packaging you'd see on a shelf. Yeah. Now that is pretty shocking in itself. But a YouTube channel called Poker Beach was dubious about uh, Paul's claim and did a little bit of detective work. The box had originally been sold on the Canadian eBay under very dubious circumstances where the seller didn't seem to know what they were talking about. Pictures of the case, tape, etc. were analysed and it was assumed, at that point anyway, that it was fake. Now, this didn't stop it being sold onto a card collector for $2.7 million and then onto Logan Paul. Now, Logan Paul said he was taking the case to Baseball Card Exchange to be verified. 
It's an interesting move, considering they were the first people to give the box its questionable authentication. I kind of want it to turn out to be fake, in all honesty. What a cynic you are. I know. Talking about cynical moves, Games Workshop, the juggernaut of the UK gaming scene, has a bit of patchy history when it comes to board game releases. Due to the nature of their manufacturing setup, they make all their miniatures in Nottingham in the UK, but all their board games are pretty much made in China. They tend to get pushed out in limited numbers and sell very fast, causing consternation amongst the community and giving the second-hand market plenty of excuses to hike prices. Because FOMO is real, baby! Well, that's what we want to get to here, isn't it? One such game was Warhammer Quest Cursed City, a standalone game in the Warhammer Quest line. This was particularly hard to get when it released in April of 2021. At the time, Games Workshop said they would never print it again, and the subsequent removal of all mentions of the game from Games Workshop's site seemed to confirm this. Turns out that was not the case. The company will be re-releasing the game again in 2022, and you can bet it is going to attract the same kind of attention it did the first time around with lots of people getting it and hiking prices on eBay. Now, we don't often cover straight new release stories on the cast. That's not really what we feel we're here for. We're, we're more to dive into the industry news and like what's going on behind the scenes of your favorite companies and, and their products. But we wanted to highlight this one because it kind of shows that those Kickstarter projects, you know, those ones that are limited or any, any of that sort of limited edition games, they tend to come around again. If they've been successful enough, companies will tend to reprint them because they know the demand is there. Don't pay massively over the odds for limited edition games. You don't need to. They will come around again, absolutely. So, Or someone will buy them and re-release them under a different name with a different theme, but the game is effectively the same. These things will come around again. Don't worry about it. I mean, I, I, I think I remember the, the third edition Space Hulk, I think that had three print runs, and every single time they said, oh, we're never printing this again, and then they did. On the, on the subject of Space Hulk, if, uh, if the Cursed City is still popular after this reprint, which it quite probably will be, is it possible, however slim, that we may be seeing the potential germs of a new Space Hulk in the, in the, in the cash cow kind of mean, in the, in the, in, in the cash cow area? I mean... I mean Blackstone Fortress, which was their sort of sci-fi version of Warhammer Quest, was extremely popular as well, so I wouldn't be surprised. In an open letter, an anonymous freelancer said this of the role-playing game Pathfinder. Pathfinder has a slavery problem. That is not something I thought I would be writing at the close of 2021, but here we are. The fixation on slavery as an institution, as a plot hook, as a fixture in the world of Pathfinder is at times baffling and at times infuriating. Even as black fans, players and writers express our outrage and discomfort over and over again, certain writers at Paizo continue to ignore us and use an awful source of pain as fodder for their entertainment. They give the example that there are 126 references to slaves and slavery in the 402 pages of the recent release, Basalom City of Lost Omens. In response to this open letter, Eric Mona, Chief Creative Officer at Paizo, said... Going forward, we plan to remove slavery from our game and setting completely. We will not be writing adventures to tell the story of how this happened. We will not be introducing an in-world event to facilitate this change. We're just going to move on from it. Period. Naturally, this has led to a backlash from people in the community, as many felt that fighting against slavery, a staple of the fantasy genre, was under attack. 
At this time, Paizo have not commented further on the announcement, though we'll likely hear more about it in the future. It's it's an odd one. It's sub, such subject matter, it's hurtful to a lot of people. So why not remove it from your saying? I mean, if you agree around your own personal table that you want those kind of themes in your game, no one's going to stop you. I mean, I personally don't think you should, but whatever. No one's going to stop you doing it. So, But why not take it out of the saying? Especially if, like this freelancer says, they believe that Pathfinder has a bit of a fixation on it. Anyway, we'd just like to take a wee moment to, to shout out to our patrons for the first time this year, especially our executive producers, James Naylor and Sean Newman. Thank you so much to everyone who's given us money over the course of the last year. It really helps us maintain the cast and the website and will hopefully allow us to upgrade the website in the not-too-distant future uh, with a few more features. You can join them on our Patreon for only just $1 a month where you get an extended version of the cast and our forward-thinking newsletters we put out at the end of each month telling you what we're going to be doing in the future. And We've got a few interesting things coming up. I've started to line up some interviews and some on casts for the rest of the year. You'll get to know about a little bit ahead of time. Uh, there are various other ways to support us on the site as well and we'll put a link to all those in the show notes. But before we move on to our outro, we just wanted to talk about another little thing we came across recently. And thanks very much to Oliver Kine from Tabletop Games Blog for pointing this out to us. Uh, I think we maybe talked about this sometime last year or the previous year. There was a small survey about sexism in board games. And the there's been, you know, been a, a bigger study done by the same person that, as part of their honours degree. Now, it's not sort of a fully accredited scientific study so we didn't put it in the main part of the news but it does make for some very interesting reading it's about perceptions of sexism in the board game industry interviewing about 300 people uh, interviewing uh, across the spectrum of age groups and genders and uh, yeah it makes for a very interesting read we'll put a link to it in the show notes uh, you can make up your own minds about it but yeah it does make for some interesting reading about how different uh, genders and age groups perceive sexism in the industry and definitely gives us some lessons for things we could be doing more don't think that we're fine we can do better always we can always do better absolutely someone else could do better jamie dpd <laughs> This may be Jamie's finest monopoly news yet. It's just astonishing. DPD, the Global Delivery Service, has thanked its UK employees this year with what they always wanted. No, not a change from a system based on their abilities into one based on their needs, but a DPD version of Monopoly. The blurb includes, We've teamed up with the lovely people at Hasbro to bring you a unique DPD edition of this iconic board game. It comes with a massive thank you from your senior management team for everything you've done this year to provide an awesome delivery service to our customers. Playing as a delivery person, a parcel, a DPD logo, a DPD lorry, a DPD van, or a DPD wee buggy thing, travel from London Distribution Centre all the way to Birmingham <laughs> Distribution Centre via Peterborough Depot, Cardiff Distribution Centre and Edinburgh and Leeds Distribution Centres. Why not collect hubs in place of stations or the DPD head offices and credit management and claims instead of the utilities? A game. It's just like work. That is just absolutely astonishing. <laughs> Let's not give them a bonus or extra time off or anything like that. Let's give them a DPD version of Monopoly. I've got no idea what the what the DPD has done for its staff. 
I just think, in many ways, it's it's, an, it's quite an interesting move to go, here, have a monopoly. Also, I'm sure there were other things. I hope so. <laughs> I really hope so. But thanks very much for listening. If you like what you've listened to, the best way to help us out, share the podcast and maybe drop us a wee review or a wee rating on iTunes or Spotify or whatever. You can follow us on Discord, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, website is giantbrain.co.uk and our email should you want us to email us about anything is giantbrainuk at gmail.com look after yourselves everybody have a good year bye happy new year everyone bye bye